What's up, competitors? Welcome back. And this week on the show, we welcome in Coach Randy Jackson to talk about why culture beats strategy in the locker room, in the boardroom, and in your home. Every day is a competition against your pride, comfort zone, fear, complacency, snooze alarms, bad habits, bad relationships, and more. This podcast is for the ambitious, willing to compete every day to make an impact in their career, health, relationships, and life. Each week, Compete Every Day founder Jake Thompson interviews leaders in business, fitness, psychology, and sports to explore what championship performers can teach us about making winning changes in life. In life. By listening today, you're deciding to start competing for your best life. Competitors, welcome back. How's your week going? We're midway through, so let's check in. Are we competing every day? Are we putting in the work to become more like the person capable of achieving our goals? Are we building our character, our discipline, our grit, our gratitude, and are we pursuing greatness in everything that we do? If you haven't the last couple days, well, good. It's a midweek checkup. Let's set a tone to finish the week strong. I'm excited to welcome into the show today high school football coach Randy Jackson of North Forney High School as we talk about why culture defeats strategy. This is a high school coach that knows about winning and turning programs around. In 2010, he was the 4A Texas Coach of the Year. He was the Dallas Morning News Coach of the Year. And then in 2015, he was the DFW Tom Landry Award winner. He's written his own book, Culture Defeats Strategy, and we get into the weeds today talking about leadership development. We use the references of the work that he does with high schoolers and football players using the sport to build them for life, but how those same lessons can be translated to all of us, regardless of whether we play football, whether we ever played football, and even if we're just grown adults trying to be better leaders that make bigger impacts in our homes and in our organizations. So today's conversation is going to dive into that. As always, if you want to get in touch with the show, be sure to shoot us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. I read everything that comes in. I love hearing from you guys. I love interacting and just getting to know you. So if you haven't said hi yet, do me a favor. If you're driving, wait till you get off the road, but shoot me a quick email, podcast at competeeveryday.com. Put in the subject line, I compete. Let me know you heard it here. You just want to say hi so I can get to know you. Now. Let's get after the show and welcome Coach Jackson. Coach, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Big honor. I appreciate it. And man, I'm excited to connect. I love, I think I posted the other day, I love seeing that Compete Everyday wristband on your wrist out there. So for all of our listeners that aren't quite as familiar with your work here in Texas high school football, give us just a brief snapshot of where you are today. Uh, what you do, and then, man, we're going to dive into your fun journey. Okay. Um, this is my 29th year coaching, my 19th as a head coach, and it's all been in Texas and um, moved around some. Been it uh, from the smallest classification in Texas to the biggest. Uh, right now, I'm at North Forney High School. This is I've been here for two seasons, so this is my third off season, and uh, it's about uh, school of 1800. We're about 25 miles east of Dallas, and it's a good place to be, a kind of blue-collar kind of place. So they, parents don't mind us working them hard, and uh, that's what we do. <laughs> I love it. So are you born and raised Texan? 
I am. Yeah, East I, Texas, or between Nacogdoches and Longview, and what town? Went to college. Uh, went to college over in Louisiana at Louisiana Monroe. And, yep. But uh, came back to coach. That's awesome. What high school did you go to growing up out there? Uh, a little, a little one A school called Tenahaw, T E N A H A, and uh, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I'm I'm from Jacksonville, so we're a little bit bigger, but not too much. Oh yeah, for yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the same neck of the woods. Yep, we sure are. So when you said Nacogdoches, I said I know that. I know that area well, Coach. What inspired you to get into coaching in the first place? Uh, it was pretty easy for me. Um, in a little town like Tenahaw, I mean, sports is the universe, right? <laughs> and so uh, played every sport you could play. My dad was head football and head basketball coach, and you know, I mean. Really, uh, in the 80s, uh, they're, they're, that's just what you did. I mean, and it's still that way some, but I mean, just back when I was growing up, there just really wasn't much else to do and other than hunting fish, I guess, out there. And I, and I was just a sports guy. And so um, just wanted to keep really, really when I got into it, it was just because I love the game. And uh, as I've stayed in it longer now, you know, it's helped more raise kids and things like that. But that's why I got into it was because I was a sports nut and wanted to stay with it. I love it. I love it. One of the the calling cards, I guess, that your brand stands for is the idea that culture beats strategy. You've written a book on it. You speak on it a ton. What was really your learning process in starting to understand that the importance of culture going from an athlete into coaching space? Was it early in your coaching career or was it a little bit later that you started to see that, you know, this great culture is going to whoop any X's and O's that you write down? You know, I think I just kind of stumbled upon it. And I started in 1999. And, uh, you know, I was always one of those I felt like enjoyed talking to my team and things like that. But my first big head coaching job was in 2010 in Mesquite, which is just east of Dallas. And, and uh, the last two years, they had been one in 19. And, and we were picked ninth out of a nine-team district. And, and uh, you know, I really took the job because it was a big pay raise, and uh, I was going to get to go to a bigger school. And you know, I, I you know, I mean, honestly, so I wasn't like feeling like we were we were going to shock the world or anything like that. So I just thought, okay, I'm going to really pour into these kids, and even if we don't have a good season, I'm going to help shape them, be better men. And I don't know, you know, it just kind of evolved like that. And uh, we went 12 and three that year, and I know it's not because. I mean, a lot of things had to happen for us to have that magical season, but that was my first taste of, hey, I think these guys would lay in traffic for me. I think that uh, all the mind, the mind, the mental game stuff that we did with them was a positive effect. So from 2010 to 2015, I was kind of doing it on my own. And in 2015, I did what everybody should do. I hired a coach, a guy named Brian Kane, and he took me to the next level and showed me how to do core values and all that. So I really think from 2015 on when I wrote the book and all that, I think that's really when I went from, from window shopping with it to full fledged doing it correctly. I, I love that. And so one of the things I want to hit on that is you've gone into some different situations where the teams haven't had the winning streak that it's not like you're stepping in and to a team that's automatically winning titles. You've got to instill cultures, not only a strong culture with the players to get them to buy in who this new guy is coming in, but also the staff you assemble. When you're starting to pick your staffs and build your staff that aligns with your culture, what are just some high-level things that you see successful cultures and teams have no matter what sport they're in or what industry they're in? 
Well, I think it's this common voice. And so, I mean, your question hits it right on the head. If I can't surround myself with guys who believe what I believe, then we're going to struggle. And so to change a culture in any industry, I, I mean, I, I went to Walt Disney World one time and I didn't really want to go. And then I, I really never wanted to leave because it didn't matter who works at Walt Disney. They believe in what, what you know, I mean, it's an amazing place. Right. And so that's the kind of that's that's the when I talk to my coaches and we have meetings, like, we want to be Walt Disney here. We want to be where everyone is speaking the same language and a kid because a kid will find or any employee will find that crack in the concrete that they think they can, you know, and, and you, we, we can't have those guys here. So I'm very intentional when I interview about finding people who want to help me raise them, finding people who, who want to help me make sure our culture and all that's correct. Cause I mean, honestly, a, a, a technician, an X's and O, a scheme guy really isn't that hard to find. I mean, you can, in Texas, you can shake trees and three quarterback coaches will fall out, <laughs> but so I'm always looking for guys that want to be head coaches. And so I always have two or three coaches a year leave and they're either becoming a head coach or a coordinator or something. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, you know, a lot of coaches take pride and they don't have any coaches leave and they're this and that. Well, I really take pride in when I do have coaches leave because I got guys who are wanting to go to the next level. So I'm looking for kid magnets who will help me uh, withhold my, you know, uphold our culture and, and, you know, stuff like everybody else is looking for, but, um, I'm not interviewing like I want to, you know, a quarterback coach needs to know how to do quarterback play and all, but it's, it's, it's not more important than our culture. Uh, I love the, one of the most important things I think you said right there is you're okay with your coaches continuing to grow and leave and get other jobs. I, I had a discussion last week with a handful of entrepreneurs I was speaking to and talking about training their teams. And they're, you know, they're, the concern is like everyone, there's a scarcity mindset. If I train this person, they're going to leave and go start another business or do something else. But in all reality, we've heard the quote, it, it's worse if you don't invest in them and train them and they stay because you eventually are not going to be there at all. Uh, and so I love how you point that out, that you're okay. And you look for those guys that have those head coach aspirations. You get to hand select your staff. You get to build your team, your culture from a staff standpoint, but on the kid's side, you, you inherit those kids. It's where they live. It's in that zip code. You obviously have kids that buy into the program and the culture much, much faster than other ones, but you are always going to have some of those kids you're having to pull along, get in line, get in line with the culture. How do you approach them from a patience and, and care standpoint while still like pushing them to meet that higher standard? Mm -hmm. Well, it's, th this is exactly what, what I've evolved into is, I tell all our players, I am your school dad. And my son is 19. He says, yes, sir, and no, sir. He knows how to dress. He knows how to take care of himself. And none of that came natural. I raised him, and I'm going to help raise you. I think if they know you have their best interest at heart, they'll, they'll take uh, hard coaching. And so, but just like a dad, when you coach them hard, you got to, man, with, you know, my own son at home, if I get on my own son at home, then like any parent, I'm very intentional about finding something good to love up on him on. I think that's just how you do as a coach. And so we really convince our guys. And so here, here, here's really how I taught. And this is in my second book that I haven't released yet. But I think the head coach is the dad. And I think all the assistant coaches are the uncle. And everybody has, uh, you know, they've got to lay in traffic for their assistant coach. And because I'd like to think they all would for me, but there's a hundred and 
75 of them, you know, totally in our program. And so that's really unrealistic. But so our assistant coaches have to uphold our culture, but they also have to really be real intentional about, I mean, if the linebackers won't lie in traffic for the linebacker coach, then we have a problem. So for us, like here, 25 miles east of Dallas, we get move-ins all the time from people uh, leaving from people leaving the city, you know, things like that. And so uh, we have to be real intentional about dialogue with our guys. I think that's the new way to coach young people now is when I played, uh, they told me what to do and I did it. Now young people, uh, young people, their voice is heard. They don't, they don't need us for information. They just have their phone. They retweet things. They like things. You know, young people are worried about their Uber rating, things like that, right? And so everything is just connected like that. So I was talking to a visitor today. A guy from Arkansas was down there. I was talking to him today about this. If you can get any culture you want, if you'll bring players in and have a dialogue with them, you, you, you won't get much of a culture if you talk to them and you just tell them what your culture is going to be. So for us, I think we do a good job of creating culture and having kids buy in because they have a dialogue with us. Because what you're in with, you're, I mean, what you're in on, you're in with. And so we let them be in on it. And so I, I feel like I'm kind of ramble here. On no, you're, you're spot on. I, I, I love that. that and, and, you know, we had earlier this episode or earlier this season, we had uh, Kurt trailer from Tyler Lee on the show who I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to play up. And the one thing that stuck out to me that, you echoed is the same thing. If you can get to a kid's heart, you can get to their head. You can, you can get in there and get them to play and lay down in traffic, but you got to know that they have a buy-in that they're cared for and, and all of that. And so I love hearing you echo that as well, which also speaks to the point of why you've been successful as a coach. You mentioned all the kids with the distractions. Now we have cell phones, we have Uber, we have social media everywhere. The idea of success coming quickly seems to have penetrated our culture as if you don't have to work as hard or, or that it comes so much easier. It's a, a fight. I feel like you're always a coach is always having to have of embrace the process, stick to the plan. It's going to work out over time. How do you and your coaches constantly preach the message of the importance of effort and hard work over instantaneous success? Well, again, whatever you emphasize every day, you got a chance with. So one of our big deals is 1%. So we just talked to our guys Let's just get 1% better a day. If there's 125 of us and counting coaches, 140 of us, and we all get 1% better a day, that's 140% as a group. You know, so I think, I think that they have to just hear that message constantly. We talk about there being winners and learners, you know, like it's okay to fail. I mean, the winners failed more than the losers. They, they don't fail much because they quit. And yep. And the winners fail a lot because they keep going. So I think you got to talk to them about 1%. you got to talk to them about, about it's okay to fail. And then I think the last big thing that we do is we compete a lot. So we do a lot of good on good here. And so if you're going to do good on good, then you're going to have winners and losers all the time. So, you know, our good corner, uh, he's going to lose in practice some. And we're going to make sure his body language is good because if you know, if he never goes against anyone good in practice on Friday night when he gets beat, his body language is going to be bad. And, you know, for me, like the definition of mental toughness is how quick you can get over a mistake. Yep. And so we talk about those kind of things. Again, I think if you'll have some dialogue and what, whatever you're struggling with, if you'll have some dialogue and you'll emphasize it every day, the daily fist fight, 
you got a chance to, to make it happen. I, I love that. And, and you made a great point. I mean, that, that quarterback, for instance, if he's going against the top guys in practice every single day, when he's matched up against someone on Friday night, it's not going to be that big a deal. He's gone against athletes that are as good, if not better, on practice. So then game day is nothing. Um, and so I, I love that preparing. There was a quote uh, last week that we did a blog post around that Gino Oriam of UConn talked about. And he said that not every kid deserves a championship because not every kid prepares for it. And the reason our player this year, star player, is so calm and collected in games because she's prepared for it every single day, October through March, that this is just a game for her. Like she's prepared. She's ready for the moment. Whereas the person across for them, they haven't gone against people quite as good as they are. They they've taken it a little bit easier in practice. And so they're nervous. Um, and so I love how you echo that point of let's get better. Where can we learn? Where can we grow and put ourselves in more difficult situations, preparing for the moment so that the moment's easy when we get there. Yeah, well, whatever you don't practice, you're going to struggle with. And so, yeah, we're big believers. In it. And, and it pays to be a winner, you know. So we're going to compete in practice. We're going to let the guys win. We got 12 shower heads for 125 guys. And the guys who win, they get to go shower first. You know, wh whatever you can do to um, just stress that culture of, of winning. But, again, the guys who lose uh, – <laughs> I'm sorry. You're good. The, the guys who lose, uh, you can't let it be the end of the world or anything. Now we just got to go compete again. And again, it's just a daily thing, I think, where it's, uh, we don't let kids make fun of other kids when they get beat, you know, those kind of things. You know, it's just let's go, next play, so what, next play. That's, I, I love that because that's how you create that healthy competition and that ability to rebound from failure, that resilience that those kids are going to need, whether they ever play it down after high school or not, because those are the skills that we obviously all need in life to succeed. Coach, if someone wants to check out your book, learn more about culture defeat strategy, as well as keep an eye when your new book comes out, where's the best place to find you online? Uh, I've got a website called, called coachrandyjackson.com. But there's really not – I mean, there's a bunch of stuff on there, but basically it's a place to buy a book. There's Amazon. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon too. But Twitter's really my main social media, and that is uh, uh, Coach Jackson TPW. And so Twitter is uh, my, my, my way of putting stuff out that we do in practice every day and things like that. I mean, I think Twitter's a great growth mindset place for leaders and of any industry. But, man, it seems like coaches get on there and uh, – really share a lot of things. And so, uh, yeah, so CoachRandyJackson.com and then Twitter's great also. I would agree. I, uh, I don't think I've met a ball coach that isn't on the platform yet. So, Coach, thanks for joining the show this week. Hey, thanks so much. It was a, a lot of fun, great questions, and uh, you do a great job with your podcast. I listen all the time, and it was a big honor to be here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.